How many people around the world are concerned about climate change? And did Joe Manchin just agree to climate provisions? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckensphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Thursday, July 28th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with several extreme weather events. I want to start by talking about an underreported extreme weather event. Afghanistan experienced deadly flash floods a few weeks ago from glaciers melting. The glaciers in the Himalayas are melting at an unprecedented rate. Meanwhile, there's little rainfall, so the area is in a drought. And unfortunately, there's been little effort to capture, store, and distribute water. The closest they've had to rainfall is hailstorms, which have wiped out crops. So drought, hailstorms, and floods have caused another food crisis. Aid is hampered by the Russian-Ukrainian war. Afghanistan was promised some funding from the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change's Green Climate Fund, but then the Taliban took over and those efforts seemed to disappear. Afghanistan is struggling, and countries like China are eyeing their large lithium, copper, and iron supplies. Pakistan is taking advantage of Afghanistan's low coal prices, which is, of course, going to worsen the climate crisis. China issued a heat alert for 67 cities where temperatures exceeded 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. Another 393 cities hit around 95 degrees Fahrenheit or 35 degrees Celsius. This is the second heat wave the country has experienced this month, and it's expected to last about two weeks. Heat waves continue in large parts of East Asia, Europe, North Africa, the Middle East, and North America. Speaking of North America, when I mentioned the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, I forgot to mention that British Columbia is going through it too. Tuesday was expected to be BC's hottest day. Part of the Pacific Northwest could have gotten up to 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 degrees Celsius this past few days. By the way, the Biden administration just unveiled a new website on how to help people stay safe during the heat at heat.gov. So if you're in one of those many hotspots around the world, it might be a good resource. A little further inland, Arizona is experiencing flash floods. Shelter-in-place orders were issued in Flagstaff as the mayor declared a state of emergency. Like New Mexico, which we talked about on Tuesday, Flagstaff is in the scar of a recent wildfire. A wildfire burned 26,000 acres in the area last month. Back to Europe, France ordered air-conditioned shops to keep doors closed or face a $772 or 635-pound fine. Leaving doors open increases the energy used by 20%, and France's energy grid is stressed by the war and the heat wave. Luckily, 70% of France's energy supply comes from nuclear. And the freezing point at the Swiss Alpines has climbed to its highest point on the mountain on record. The weather balloons had to keep climbing, rising to 5,184 meters. Do you think this next one is an extreme weather event? Massive jellyfish swarms turned up on Israel's Mediterranean coast. Jellyfish love warmer waters. They're threatening to clog the desalinization plants. Now for a climate study. A new study by Yale Climate Change Communications and Meta looked at climate change views of more than 100,000 Facebook users. Respondents came from 192 countries and territories, which the researchers combined into 110 areas in the report. Respondents in 108 out of 110 areas said they are at least somewhat, if not very, worried about climate change. 
people in Mexico, Chile, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, Ecuador, Panama, Colombia, and Portugal are the most concerned, with more than 90% of people in those countries saying they're concerned. Yemen had the lowest percentage of concern out of everyone. Only 30% of people are concerned and about the same were knowledgeable on the topic, which is fair because they're going through a lot in that country. Similarly, Haiti has the least amount of knowledgeable people with only 20% of people being knowledgeable about the issue, but over 65% of people were worried about it. The most knowledgeable and worried countries are in Europe. The least knowledgeable but still apprehensive countries are in sub-Saharan Africa, and the least worried countries are in the Middle East. Overall, 78% of the people surveyed globally are at least somewhat worried about climate change. 45% are very concerned. Nothing like droughts, heat waves, wildfires, floods, hailstorms, tornadoes, and hurricanes to change a few minds. But let's move on to some climate victories. In his primetime address to the nation, the South African president promised to end the country's frequent blackouts by investing in infrastructure, clean energy, battery storage, and gas. All of that sounds great except for gas. He called coal unreliable, which is a big deal because South Africa's the continent's biggest greenhouse gas emitter, getting 90% of its energy supply from coal in 2019. In Europe, Greenpeace is taking legal action against the UK government over claims that they failed to assess the environmental impact of burning gas from the Jackdaw gas field in Scotland. The government approved Shell to develop the field for gas extraction at the beginning of June. Greenpeace warns the field could emit more than Ghana. In the U.S., six staffers were arrested in Congress Monday after they held a sit-in in the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office to protest the lack of climate action. About a week ago, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin officially said he would not support any climate provisions in the spending bill. To pressure Schumer even harder to make it happen, 17 staffers risked their careers to demand he reconsiders negotiations with Manchin. They held a poster that said, Keep negotiating, check climate action now. Some more protested outside. When asked why they posted up in Schumer's office instead of Manchin's, one staff member responded, quote, because there's always going to be a sheep that strays away from the herd. It could also be because Manchin tested positive for COVID earlier that day, but I like that response. Then yesterday, in a complete 180, Manchin struck a deal with Schumer on an act that included climate provisions. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will take $739 billion from a 15% corporate minimum tax, prescription drug savings, and added IRS enforcement. $369 billion of that will go to energy security and climate change. That's all we know right now. It now needs to pass the House of Representatives. Is that anywhere near what we need or what the original Build Back Better Act would have provided? Not even close, but it's something. Meanwhile, the Biden administration announced that it would plant 1 billion trees to catch up on the nation's reforestation backlog. The effort will be spearheaded by the Department of Agriculture and use money from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and the Bipartisan Repairing Existing Public Lands by Adding Necessary Trees Act. Trees obviously suck up carbon dioxide, so that's a meaningful way to fight climate change. The Forest Service has already expanded its reforestation efforts, putting $100 million towards the effort this year. In April, President Biden signed an executive order to protect old-growth forests, though the definition of old-growth might need a little work. During Trump's last several months in office, he signed on to an effort to plant 1 trillion trees worldwide, with a goal of at least $855 million in the U.S. by 2030. So that's a lot of promises to keep up with. Now for some climate fails. 
In May, the Democratic Republic of Congo announced new plans to auction off large amounts of land for oil and gas production in the world's second largest oil growth tropical forests behind the Amazon. It's happening now. The auction to off space extends into the Viruga National Park, the world's most important gorilla sanctuary, as well as tropical peatlands. Peatlands are necessary ecosystems that store vast amounts of carbon. This was a complete about-face decision by the president, who had endorsed a 10-year agreement to protect its rainforests just eight months ago, which opened up $500 million of international aid towards the first half of that effort. But now that European countries are looking for fossil fuel supplies outside of Russia, Congo's priorities have changed. To be fair, Congo is one of the poorest countries in the world, and the money made from the auction will go towards reducing poverty and generating some badly needed economic growth. The new Australian Prime Minister officially ruled out putting a moratorium on new fossil fuel projects ahead of presenting his climate change legislation, saying he doesn't want to hurt the fragile economy. He says it will kill jobs, but we're talking about new projects here, not existing ones. And then in South America, Exxon has already exceeded its original year-end daily production target in Guana, making two new offshore oil discoveries to exploit. As Reuters explains, a group held by Exxon started production in the tiny nation of 750,000 people in 2019 and currently controls all output in Guana. I want to finish off today's episode recommending a video done by my friend Dave from Just Have a Think. In it, he dives into a new report by the Rystad Energy Consultancy firm, which predicts that solar panel recycling, an essential part of the clean energy transition, to skyrocket in the next eight years to become a $2.7 billion industry. The study says that solar will make up about 53% of the energy supply to hit a 1.6 degree Celsius warming scenario. So that's a lot of solar panels. Dave goes into what recycling efforts currently exist and what it takes. And that was your climate recap for Thursday, July 28th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.